August 1st, if it couldn't get any bigger, of course, fight camp starts here at the Matchroom HQ. But before that, a little cheeky warm-up from 8.45 in the morning. The return of Rungasai, uh, former WBC world champion in Thailand against Runa Rung. Of course, we saw him win the World Flyweight Championship when he beat Zhu Shimi. Big fight, good fight to warm up. Of course, that division red hot at the moment with the victory from Chocolatito over Kalia Fire. Juan Estrada beating Rungasai recently. Those three really on a collision course and a good start to what will be a very exciting day for the world of boxing. Um, be broadcast on the Matron Boxing YouTube channel from 8.45 UK, uh, worldwide, excluding Latin America, the Caribbean and Thailand. So fight fans get a chance to watch, you know, pound for pound star in Saw Rangvasai. And uh, looking forward to the future, if he can be successful on August the 1st. Obviously everybody looking towards what's next for that division. Juan Estrada, um, we'll fight Chocolatito next. We're in the process of trying to make that fight probably for October time on DAZN in America. And then the winner of that fight will fight Saw Rungvasai, providing he gets through on the first. So a great little run of fights for those three and the division itself. Obviously um, Rungvasai had a great run against Chocolatito, uh, but also the Estrada Rungvasai fight's fantastic, number one and number two, which we promoted in LA was fantastic. And all of those fights, you know, whether it's Estrada against Rungvasai, whether it's Chocolatito against Rungasai, and um, who knows, but wonderful division. So lucky to represent those three great fighters. And fingers crossed, uh, saw Rungasai can do the business August 1st in Thailand. It's all about boxing August the 1st. You know, we've been out for a long time. Uh, the world's been struggling, the sport's been struggling, but now it's back out there. Um, it's gonna be something, something else. Wonderful night of boxing. And when you look at the day itself, I think, 8.45 start on Matchroom Boxing YouTube. You've got to be looking at, I don't know, probably like an 8.15 or if you want to be a little bit more rushed, 8.30 alarm on Saturday. Um, I think that you can, I won't worry about breakfast too much before the Rungvisai fight. Get yourself laptop, phone, big screen, whatever you want to do. 8.45 Matchroom Boxing YouTube channel. Obviously after that show, you're going to be feeling a little bit pumped. Um, so I recommend just probably 45 minutes of cardio, something like that, little run, little weight session, bike ride, walk the dog, get yourself feeling a little bit healthy because then when you've done that and you've got showered up, you're gonna switch it up a little bit. You're probably gonna open up the barbecue, you're gonna have a couple of beers um, and you're gonna get yourself ready for a 7 p.m. start on Sky Sports uh, with Fight Camp. So like I said, nice barbecue in the day, leisurely lunch, couple of beers on the go, getting yourself revved up, watch Matchroom Boxing YouTube all day. Um, to learn about all the fights that night, the content itself, the build-up shows, and what a card, what a card on Saturday night. The first fight of fight camp, Reese Bellotti against Jordan Gill. Brilliant featherweight eliminator, great fight. And then Dalton Smith steps up against Nathan Bennett. Really tough fight for him, great eight-round fight. Then we go into the heavyweight division. Bombs will fly for the English heavyweight championship between Fabio Wardley and Simon Villilli. One of the most exciting, I think pound for pound hardest punches in the sport, James Tennyson against Gavin Gwynn for the British lightweight title, which will be a war. And then the main event, it's the egg beater cheese. It's got absolute war written all over it. Next Saturday is gonna be a banger at fight camp. The world will be watching. But like I said, make sure you set your alarm for 8.15, 8.30. Start it off with Rung Vasai against Runa Rung from Thailand. Little bit of exercise, barbecue, couple of beers, get yourself revved up. Next Saturday is all about the return of boxing.
So Mike Tyson is going to be fighting Roy Jones on September 12th in an exhibition bout. And this has been finalized and officially announced. Mike Tyson has basically said that he doesn't have a slow gear. He's only got one gear, which is like, I guess, fifth gear, full steam ahead. He doesn't know how to pull his punches. That's essentially what Mike Tyson has been saying in interviews since this announcement. Now, it could just be to hype it. Maybe he does intend to actually pull his punches a little bit. Mike Tyson has four exhibitions before. And if you watched him in those exhibitions, yeah, he dropped his sparring partner, but he did hold back. You know, he wasn't all out attacking his sparring partner the way he would attack an opponent normally. So, you know, maybe it's just Mike Tyson hyping the situation. But even still, even if Mike Tyson is pulling, pulling some of his punches, I still can't help but fear for Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> Mike Tyson been out the ring for a long time, yes. Roy Jones has fought a lot more recently than Mike Tyson. This is true. But Tyson is so powerful compared to Roy. I mean, a solid jab might knock Roy out cold at this stage. Because Roy Jones' punch resistance is completely shot, and it has been for years. Punch resistance has never been the same since he got knocked out by Antonio Tava, truth be told. Now, some of you may not know that Mike Tyson and Roy Jones were actually looking to fight each other way back in the days. It was around the time when Roy Jones fought John Ruiz. It was either just before or just after the Ruiz fight, I forget now. But I remember Mike Tyson in an interview talking about the possibility of fighting Roy Jones. He described Jones as a good-looking Olympic kid and said that he would be, as in Mike Tyson himself, he said, I'd be totally ominous. You know, the, the, the bad boy going up against this good-looking Olympic kid. So they were actually supposed to fight way back in the days. This is when Roy Jones was light heavyweight champion. But for whatever reason, maybe it's Roy Jones losing to Tarver or have it. Well, Roy Jones came down after he beat Ruiz to light heavyweight again to defend his uh, light heavyweight title. And he had a close fight against Tava. A lot of people at the time were saying, oh, maybe uh, Tava was robbed. But if you actually go back and watch it now, I thought it was a fairly comfortable Roy Jones win. It was you know, relatively close. You might be able to make an argument for Tava. But I think at the time, people were so shocked at seeing anybody who was even competitive against Roy Jones that it made it seem in your mind as though Tava did better than he actually did. Does that make sense? It was just a shock of the fact that somebody was being competitive with him. Because trust me, back in the 90s, nobody was competitive with Roy Jones Jr. The only time I remember somebody being even remotely competitive was Montel Griffin in the first fight. But even then, Roy Jones was starting to get to him. Uh, before the controversial ending, you know, which was a DQ. And then obviously in the rematch of Montel Griffin, Roy Jones wiped him out in one round. So Roy Jones, Richard Dwyer has said this in several videos. Roy Jones is the closest thing I've seen in his prime to an invincible fighter. He obviously wasn't invincible in his prime, but that's the closest I've seen to an invincible fighter. He, the, the gap between Roy Jones and his prime and all his competition was so unbelievably wide. <laughs> you know, whatever he got in the ring, he was just so fast so much more athletically gifted than anybody he fought. It, it was, uh, 
you got the feeling when Roy Jones was in there that he was just clowning his opponents. In fact, he was clowning his opponents most of the time. He was just clowning them. And he was in there, you know, many times against top-level guys. James Tony and uh, Bernard Hopkins, Virgil Hill, Mike McCallum. He's clowning on these guys. <laughs> so, so, you know, Roy Jones back in the days, you know, he was called Superman. And so him against Tyson, it was like Jones had reached such a level where he was just dominating everything and everybody that your mind did start to drift and think, could he actually beat Mike Tyson? Now, Tyson at the time wasn't champion, but he was still a feared and dangerous fighter. He was still viewed as one of the top heavyweights in the world. So, you know, that is testament to how dominant Roy Jones Jr. was in his prime that you could even contemplate the idea that this little guy, who was a small light heavyweight, by the way, Roy Jones Jr. was never a proper light heavyweight in his prime. He was more like a super middleweight, uh, but he stepped up to light heavy. In fact, Roy Jones Jr. has fought as low as 154 early on in his career. So, yeah, that, that's just testament to how invincible he looked, that people thought he could actually maybe have a chance against Tyson. It was, a, it was an intriguing fight. I didn't necessarily think, okay, yeah, he's definitely going to beat Tyson, but I was intrigued <laughs> when they were talking about Roy Jones against Tyson. Most people were. I remember when Lennox Lewis fought Vitaly Klitschko. Roy Jones, after the fight, said, I'll fight either of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how gassed Roy was at the time. You know, even Roy believed himself to be such an invincible fighter that he could take on a Vitaly Klitschko or Lennox Lewis. But anyway, fast forward to 2020. Both guys are in their 50s. I think Roy Jones is in his 50s. He must be in his 50s now. I know Mike Tyson is. Both guys are in their 50s. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, and they're looking to fight an exhibition bout. Yeah, Roy Jones at this point is so washed up, it's not even funny. And of course, Mike Tyson is to some degree washed up. But he's had maybe longer to recover from the last beating that he took. And he's going in there against a much smaller man. He's going in there against a man who, if he lands anything like a semblance of a solid shot, Roy Jones could be out cold for weeks. <laughs> God forbid, touch wood. So let me know what you guys think about this in the comment section below. Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. This is going to be on pay-per-view, apparently. Some strange pay-per-view platform. If I can find the name of it here. I'm just doing this on the fly, so bear with me. Okay, it says here, it will be offered on pay-per-view and Thriller, an emerging music slash social media platform. But which network will show it on pay-per-view? Because it says and Thriller. So is it going to be pay-per-view on Thriller or pay-per-view on a major network and also on Thriller? Maybe they haven't sorted out which network they're going to put it on. ESPN, HBO, well, I know HBO don't do boxing, but they said that they would consider for particular events, maybe doing boxing again. Um, but it, it, this is an exhibition. So how interested would one of these major networks really be? Yeah, it's like a novelty event. It's not really a serious event. 
So, and look, we know that Mike Tyson generates a tremendous amount of interest. Even now, at 50 odd years of age, people are fascinated with Mike Tyson. And therefore, maybe because of the potential money it will generate, the major networks might be interested. We'll see. Is it something DAZN might pick up? <laughs> see, to me, it seems more like something they'd pick up because they've already done YouTube boxing. Yeah, they've had uh, <clears throat> Logan Paul and Jake Paul and all that kind of people fight. So this seems like something they might do, <laughs> given their previous history. Anyway, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. Will they keep it all pally pally? Or will Mike Tyson go in there like Wreck-It Ralph, not realizing his own strength and not Roy Jones Jr. into next week? <laughs> Let me know, people. It's happening. I'm out. Join me on Patreon. I upload a minimum of two podcasts every single week, covering a wide variety of controversial topics, as well as live stream Q&A sessions. Take a look on screen right now at some of the podcasts I've produced so far. For just $3 a month, the equivalent of about £2 a month, you get access to all my new podcasts and my entire back catalogue of past podcasts, including my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. You can listen on your computer or on your smartphone or tablet by downloading the Patreon app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free. The Patreon app also allows you to download each podcast in MP3. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to dozens of hours of exclusive content. It's easy to sign up, there's no contract, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of free and critical thinkers by signing up with me here on Patreon today. Are the British public starting to turn on Anthony Joshua? Has he started to lose some of his fans? Is his popularity decreasing? Now, I ask these questions because if you go to some of Anthony Joshua's interviews on YouTube, particularly on the major platforms, you'll see quite a high number of dislikes to some of these videos. Now, Anthony Joshua at one stage was basically out there on his own as a superstar in British boxing, particularly in the heavyweight division. There was nobody else on the immediate horizon to challenge him, not just in the ring, but in terms of popularity as well. The fact that Tyson Fury, obviously he was champion before his hiatus, then he went away, that was really what allowed Anthony Joshua to take the limelight by himself. But when Tyson Fury came back, had those two fights with Wilder, and now is Ring Magazine champion, uh, WBC champion, etc. Inevitably, he was going to take some of the British public as fans for himself. That was inevitably going to happen. If you've got two world-class uh, heavyweights in the UK at the same time, they're not all going to support one guy. I mean, well, to be fair, if you're talking about uh, Joe Bugner and Henry Cooper, not to say they were world-class, but when Joe Bugner and Henry Cooper fought back in the days, I'm pretty sure that 99.9% of the British public were on Henry Cooper's side. But for the most part, you don't have every single person in the country backing one guy over the other 
when it's a domestic clash. So, for example, when uh, Lennox Lewis fought Frank Bruno, Lewis had his fans and Bruno had his fans. Yeah? As is the case now with Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Inevitably, some people were going to leave the AJ camp because, look, some boxing fans are very fickle. They're glory supporters. That's a term that people used to use in football, right? A glory supporter. Somebody who supports one football team for a while, but then as soon as they're not doing well and their rivals are champions instead, they hop over and start supporting their rivals. (laughs) And I'm not really mocking that or making fun of that, to be honest with you, because it's just sport at the end of the day. It's just entertainment to me. I don't really mind if people are glory supporters or whatever the case may be. That doesn't bother me. But I know that in football, people take that real serious and they take it to heart. So that was inevitably going to happen with AJ and Fury. AJ lost to Andy Ruiz. He looks a bit vulnerable now. Some people switched over to the Fury side because they think he's better and what have you. Then there's going to be, obviously, the Tyson Fury fans who were there from the beginning. But then there are going to be another section of fans who, in light of certain comments Anthony Joshua has made in the media over the past couple months, have gone off him. And they've decided, nah, we don't like this guy anymore because of the things that he said in certain interviews. Now, there are some very touchy issues, as we all know, in the world right now. Anthony Joshua has spoken on at least two of them publicly. But he has essentially supported the mainstream narrative on those issues. And I'm not going to talk about what they are here, okay? You want to join my Patreon? I talk about everything over there. But he has supported the mainstream narrative on these issues. But there's a large proportion of the British public who don't support the mainstream narrative on those issues. And they feel very passionately about those issues. And therefore, the fact that AJ is going along, propping up and endorsing the mainstream narrative, a lot of the British public feel a certain way about that. They feel like maybe AJ is just proving himself to be what people have said for a long time, just a puppet of the mainstream. So that is also a reason why some people have decided to, you know, turn off AJ, maybe join the Tyson Fury camp or maybe the Dylan White camp or whatever. There isn't any one reason why Anthony Joshua has lost some fans. There are multiple reasons. Not everybody is motivated by the same things. Yeah. Now for me, I don't really endorse any of these fighters as human beings because I don't know them personally. All I know about these fighters is how they behave in the public arena. Yeah, to some extent, you get glimpses of their personal lives. But all I know is how they behave in the public arena. So I don't see Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, Dylan White as heroes in the sense that, you know, everybody should endorse them as a human being. And these are great people. And No. no. To me, these guys are boxers. I respect them as warriors who get in the ring. 
fight for prizes and provide us with entertainment, it's very dangerous. They have to have a lot of ability and skill and determination to do what they do. So I respect that. But ultimately for me, I just view boxers as entertainers. Yeah, they're entertainers that are also warriors. Okay, but boxing to me is just entertainment. I'm not looking at the world of boxing to provide me some type of leadership. <laughs> you know, some type of political or social figure who I can really believe in and get behind and <laughs> vote for them to be the next prime minister or president. No, no, no. That's not what I look at boxing for. I don't view boxers in that light. The last time we had a boxer in really in certainly in the heavyweight division who you could really believe in in that way at least if you were you know coming from my background was Muhammad Ali but since then everybody to one degree or another as heavyweight champion has told the line yeah and Anthony Joshua I mean some people's line is you know a bit further back than others Anthony Joshua has told a pretty damn mainstream line let's be real yeah he, he wants that bag he's getting that bag as they say he's making that money so he's told that line and therefore i take it for what it is i don't look to anthony joshua for wisdom i don't look to him to be some kind of beacon of hope and you know leadership not at all he's a boxer he's entertaining and i watch him for entertainment i certainly don't agree with many of anthony joshua's views and opinions so same goes for Tyson Fury same goes for pretty much every boxer out there just because I speak highly of a boxer it doesn't mean I'm endorsing them as a human being I'm speaking highly of them because of what they've done in the ring as a boxer yeah well, sometimes I might critique what fighters do outside of the ring but I do so within the context of boxing so a fighter doing something unsavory outside the ring how is that going to affect their boxing career you know this is the context in which i tend to speak of these things so anyway <clears throat> let me know what you guys think in the comment section below especially if you're one of those people who has been turned off by anthony joshua now some of you were turned off by Anthony Joshua many, many years ago. Some of you have never been fans, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I specifically want to hear from the people who have been turned off by Anthony Joshua, let's say in the past couple months, without being specific, okay? Let's try and keep it cryptic if we can. <laughs> That's the kind of world we live in on this platform now. You've got to be cryptic. You can't be explicit about what you're really talking about. <laughs> You've got to speak in riddles. <laughs> because this platform is not playing around when it comes to you know doing what they do so if you want to hear more about my views on these things where i can speak freely freely and openly check me out on patreon but for now until the next video take care it's happening i'm out join me on patreon i upload a minimum of two podcasts every single week covering a wide variety of controversial topics as well as live stream Q&A sessions. Take a look on screen right now at some of the podcasts I've produced so far. For just $3 a month, the equivalent of about £2 a month, 
you get access to all my new podcasts and my entire back catalogue of past podcasts, including my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. You can listen on your computer or on your smartphone or tablet by downloading the Patreon app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free. The Patreon app also allows you to download each podcast in MP3. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to dozens of hours of exclusive content. It's easy to sign up, there's no contract, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of free and critical thinkers by signing up with me here on Patreon today. on the road again this morning lovely scenery in East Lancashire lanes just got to keep it going don't we we've got to keep moving forward and keep pushing on and hope for I must train every single day for the rest of my life um, I look forward to enjoying it a bit routine my grandfather on my mother's side he trained every day up until the day he died I must train every single day for the rest of my life. Um, I look forward to enjoying it, a bit routine. My grandfather on my mother's side, he trained every day up until the day he died. And I have 20 million in the bank, but without happiness, it's never gonna be any good to you. So remember that, your health and your, your mental health is your wealth, that's for sure. And on that note, God bless. See you all soon. Take it easy, God bless. Another successful day done. Um, three mile run this morning. And 22 rounds of boxing tonight. Dad? Yeah, it's all done, 22 rounds. Plus he had a three or four mile bike ride as well. Oh so yeah, sorry, I had a five mile bike ride as well. Training well, he left that one out. But listen, he's a machinist, man. And only the best objective was getting better every day. All and getting better with age like a fine that's wine. That's right. All the heavyweights look out, look out. This man is here and he's coming fast, hard and fast. I'm coming for Wilder first. Then I'm going to come for Joshua. I'm going to come for whoever else wants to smoke. You're all getting annihilated. Every single one of you. Ain't no style. And anyone who does will get smashed to bits. Terminated. Ploughed over like a stone in the road.